Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I'll transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk man. I back it up. And we are talk full of that, man. right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold sets so. up. If you're going to blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. Coming strong with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howell. Let me bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard. The drop machine extraordinaire, and I don't know if that's a new hat or not, but it's looking sharp. Matt Butler, how are you, sir? Thank you, sir. Yes, my brother got it for me for Christmas. So. Nice. Yeah, thank that's you. That's like the old school uh, Steve. The Roar and Bevo. Doesn't yeah, it look like, like Sam that. Ellinger as a kid when he's storming out? Like the, <laughs> yes, the oh, Longhorn photo. it does kind of look like that. I that's wish freaky. we had Travis Crum here to shoot our video this week, but I saw this and I was laughing. I was like, that's but that's just show... And Pure emotion of Longhorn Horndom, but it does. Imagine yeah, it if Bevo, like an animated yeah. Bevo, looked like Sam Ellinger as an infant. That's Same what man, probably the 50s, 60s era yep. logo. Yeah, I'll wear no, it next time we have Travis here, so people can. That's see sharp. It. Yeah, no, it's like good. That. It's good. Yeah. Uh, a man who uh, he's got many variations of Bevo on his clothing because, well, he's mm-hmm. still got a lot of team issued stuff, probably from he's when true. he was on. He also has a gray Bevo back now. in the day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's also and and he'll wear it at some point. We'll get. Uh, video and uh, photo evidence of it. He's got a Texas Longhorn State Champions of Texas uh, I do. I saw it today in the closet, actually. I was looking for oh, it. It's, it's in the got, closet. You I know wore he it has in it. here. brought it in here once. Did I really? Okay, yeah. 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 Uh, I saw the dots. He'll wear it and he still owns it because uh, he's a renaissance man here on the show. And a renaissance man uh, at 1049 The Horn where you can hear him each and every weekday on the broadcast from 1 to 3. Lifetime Longhorn 2002 UT All-American 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Fourth round draft choice of the New York Giants back in 2003, spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. When he was done with football, got himself back to Austin, Texas in the 40 acres where he earned his degree. When he gets his T-ring back, he will wear it proudly. Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. And, uh, Thanks for the intro, brother. Rod, let's start with the Super Bowl. Everybody knows about oh, the man. game and what happened, but the big news as it relates to the Longhorns, really there's two pieces of news and one will lead us into our discussion which today this week's show uh since we're recording this ahead of national signing day and it's an anticlimactic signing day these days uh, we'll yeah, wait till yeah. next week when all the dust settles and really when we see if javon Shepard ends up in texas or not because quite frankly drama. that's really all there is to it we'll have a tom herman press conference too to talk about on next week's show mm-hmm. so we'll get to the signing day stuff next week but this week i want to really focus on the draft the senior bowl some stuff that oh, we yeah. missed the last few that's weeks nice. I like that. uh and rod i want to start really start with malcolm brown and that kind of leads us into a recruiting discussion of mm-hmm. sorts because you know Malcolm Brown if I told you Malcolm Brown was the last five-star defensive line prospect from the state of Texas to sign with a big 12 school would you think that's accurate or crazy I would think that's probably crazy well that's true right. I, well I know it's true but I think but if you told me that I'd be like that's like that one of those Wilt Chamberlain stats I'm like that's not true you just haven't done your research well just properly. think about though Texas <laughs> and OU now would have to be about the only ones that get five-star yeah, defensive five so when you go through your head it's like oh you's not held up their end of the because it used to be they only go to blue bloods but then it's still texas we're talking from tommy harris to gerald Mm -hmm. mccoy like it seemed like they always had one they haven't had one since why you gotta bring up two ou defensive tackles man well just saying (laughs) i'm saying that they're (laughs) not even holding up their end of the stick texas is still in our crappy past decade got some of these type of guys and still we're getting five-star defense alignment i haven't seen that from them and i wouldn't expect it from the other and it's not like that's just showing that texas and ou aren't holding up the end. fact that Tom Herman got one at U of H and was the first uh, yep. what power, uh, group, of five. group of five school to get a non-power mm-hmm. five school right. to get a five-star defensive lineman. I mean, I guess that's hope, but then that says a lot about basically that that guy was supposed to go to a Texas mm-hmm. or an Oklahoma. Um, so yeah, Thankfully, I mean, it, we got that guy. It, it shows you about the overall perception of the league, though, in the Big 12, yeah. too. That's why 
you know, the NFL ha- even has a negative perception of the Big 12 because of things like that. And it affects the draft. It does. I always said Deontay Foreman was negatively affected by the perception of the Big 12. I, yeah, I agree. Just that artificial that, numbers. Yeah, and, yeah. That it was, ah, he's running against trash mm-hmm. defenses and all that kind of stuff, which, you know, I, maybe some of that is true, but not all of it is true. And now we're, that is that, that perception is being shattered, mm-hmm. you know, with Texas versus Georgia and looking at some of the bowl matchups this year. And all you the know, skill talent across the NFL yeah. from the Big 12. So what the Big 12 has often had is a perception problem. You know what I mean? Yep. And a lot now, it's not that, like the state hasn't been producing elite defensive talent, line prospects. Yeah. Miles Garrett, Solomon yeah. Thomas, Marvin Wilson, but leaving Caleb on Chase Son. Yeah, yeah. it's a problem because in the state, the state, whatever Ooh. happens in the state of Texas directly affects the Big 12 and vice versa. And this is the lifeblood of the Big 12 is the state of Texas. Tiny little valve that maybe got let off a little bit is Urban Meyer's gone, not coming to Texas to raid all of the talent because he just said Solomon sure. Thomas and there was a handful of guys that he was getting, I mean, even on the offensive side with Dobbins. So that's one thing that we really don't notice but could maybe have just a few extra players stay in the state. And then if Texas can continue to grow, OU has their momentum right now. Maybe I'll get back to that soon. By the way, Rod, real quick, I don't want to get us too far off on things. I want to get back to mm-hmm. Malcolm Brown here in a second. But mm-hmm. looking at that 2017 NFL draft, there were four running backs taken in the third round. Okay. Deontay Foreman. Yep. Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt, Ooh. and James Conner. <laughs> Hold up, what draft was that? 2017. 16, all in the same round. Deontay Foreman's wow. the only third-round running back that, that hasn't was, been to a Pro Bowl. That's in the third round? In the third well, no, round. That's all those guys. I mean, if Holy you look Chicago, across them every year. That, and I know that is the case every year. That's why that I, is a hellacious third round. Well, for no, that's why Lady and getting paid. That, well, not to go deep down that, and yeah, not to go deep down that, that, that rabbit hole, but you know, you look at Todd Gurley this year in the Super Bowl, you know, and, and, and I, we don't know what the hell's wrong with Todd Gurley if he's hurt or if he's not hurt but Shani that's the Michelle. highest paid running back in the history of the NFL uh-huh. and yet he wasn't able to make a significant impact or a significant enough impact in the last two games of the season for the Rams uh, you look at what the Pittsburgh Steelers were able to do with James Conner without Le'Veon Bell man the Cowboys gonna have a big decision to make with oh, Zeke yeah. I know they're gonna pay him but that's a mistake man, it, it is no, a it, mistake. It's a in that mistake. same draft that same draft the Chicago Bears take Tariq Cohen in the fourth round and it's a really a bummer for those players third because Fourth round, that that's, can beat more than that's four wow. four Pro Bowl running back in the third and fourth round in the same draft. I know, and there's rumors now. Don Graziano says that the Texans are gonna try to sign Le'Veon Bell. I'm like, that'd be the worst mistake ever. Why? Just go, just go draft in the fourth. If round. Deontay's healthy, if Deontay's healthy, he can split exactly. out. He was doing that type of so stuff before I, he got hurt. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's that's gonna happen. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the value of the running back yeah. position, man. I mean, it's, and that's, and that's when everybody it too. It wasn't just a perception of the Big Twelve, but also the value of the running. Everybody back. knew that. That, uh, with the when the Patriots moved wow. up to get Sony Michelle in the second round last yeah. year, they was like, "Oh man, did we screw up and not get this guy the right draft grade?" Because why the hell is Belichick going up to get a running back? That shocked people. And then I think the, uh, Pete Carroll did it too, right? Just didn't the Seahawks draft a running back? Rashad Penny. Oh, they drafted him pretty early. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. early and then before thought. him, Chris Carson, another Big Twelver. That's just your random yeah. Oklahoma State running back that's in the NFL. Yeah, like, but, uh, but I guarantee you the Patriots will not re-sign Sony Michelle. Oh no, like, no, like, no. Don't care what well, like, go get Paylor like the Spurs. Yards. It is, but if Belichick is there, there's no way. It was like they would always let Garrett Blunt go get paid off of his big postseason, knowing that he'd probably get cut and get to come back to you. And you see this, like, even in the NBA, whenever you're able to draft the Spurs, just constantly have to tell players, no, Boban, go get $30 million. No, Jonathan Simmons, yeah. go, get go get $30 million. Go, Kyle Anderson, get yeah. your money. We can't do that. And that's why, if the Cowboys are smart, they would do with this running back quarterback situation and move on. Matt, you, you bring up Sony. <laughs> Michelle, and, and that that's a good segue to get us back to Malcolm Brown because I can't think of a team that's drafted at the back end of the first round as much as the Patriots have it. that continue just to find value there. That's Malcolm true. Brown being one of those guys. Realize Malcolm Brown started three Super Bowls in a row. Now, and this just kind of shows you the good and bad of playing with the Patriots organization. The Patriots did not pick up his fifth-year option, of so Malcolm Brown's going to hit the free he's agent free market agent, as yeah. an unrestricted free agent, and he's going to somebody. So Trey Flowers. They don't give a damn. Right, <laughs> and that's right what I was exactly. Just somebody's going to pay. Malcolm yeah. But back. they've got they got what they felt was good work out of Malcolm Brown. Started I think fifty regular season games out of the sixty one playing of, of 10, eleven postseason games. He started ten. That's three Super Bowls. And with the Patriots winning the Super Bowl, Malcolm Brown joins Dan Neal, Casey Hampton, wow. Terry Orr, and Aaron Ross as the only Longhorns to win multiple Super Bowls. Crazy. Yeah. No, I agree. Amazing. With you. That is amazing. You just hope. I mean, and he's only is, been in the league four years. I know. This is like, and some guys have this shot, right? If you're, you know, if you're like Charles Amenahill. You got a shot to like land with the Patriots, like at the back end of the first round. If you right? drop.
drop that low. Yeah, well, that, yeah, exactly. If you <laughs> drop that low, you know what I mean. But that's my point. I mean, that's that could end up working out for you. I mean, mm-hmm. as guys like Julian Edelman. I mean, your situation does matter in the NFL. Like who you fall oh, to. It's so much luck involved. It, it's a, a lot of that. People's lives and careers can be decided by yeah, that. It's crazy by just that situation, being in the right situation around the right culture and all that. Your introduction to being a professional in the NFL. So um, I, there are a lot of guys coming out though for Texas that are really interesting, man. That could depending on the situation they end up in could be perfect. Guys like Gary Johnson, Charles Avinahu. I mean, you know, I, and I, uh, oh, Chris, Chris Gary Boyd Johnson's going to be a patriot. Discussion that we'll get into. But. I just remember like the day it might have been the day after Malcolm Brown was drafted or whenever I saw you next, Rod. Like I. I come in to do some prep with Rod, and Rod's like laughing at Malcolm Brown going to the Patriots because it's like we talk about Malcolm Brown and the value he has yeah. and what he could mean to an NFL team, but it's like the Patriots just hang back with that last pick in the first round. Right. It's like, oh yeah, we'll take the consensus All American oh, defensive yeah. tackle. Right? That's oh, so ready who's to a, go. Who's a perfect fit for our three four And is just going to work his ass off and do nothing else but do yeah, that. Yeah, now he's got a chip on his shoulder, by the way. So along with all the other Patriots, he believes he's the underdog because he yeah. should have been drafted higher <laughs> and he failed the draft. Nobody appreciates him. It's like, a, oh. Oh, and yeah. then you weren't that perfect good. It's just patriot. a system. You were just yeah. a patriot whenever you're leaving. He's a perfect patriot. Leaving. Yeah, you were. So, and that's what the Patriots will find. They'll find the next perfect It's patriot. cool that the t- two big D tackles you, you think of Texas the last 20 years, Casey Hampton and Malcolm, sort of had that same path. Drafted late first to a gr- good organization that fit great to get you multiple rings. And I agree with that. He's just a silent superstar as what you would need to be to be a D tackle. You I know? remember when, when Casey point. Hampton got drafted by the Steelers. Like People panned that pick. They're like, oh, man, that was probably a reach for Casey Hampton. And I'm thinking – if you look at that scheme and look at that guy, that's a, there's probably not a better fit in the draft. Those than are people Casey who Hampton hadn't watched film and hadn't seen Casey Hampton play. That's basically what volunteering they up there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah all right. Yeah, now yeah. I know what you know. And here's yeah. here's all you need Leading to know about the team Casey and Hampton. Tackles if, at D tackle is is almost if, impossible to do. Tell <laughs> Aaron Donald changed the world. <laughs> Aaron you're Donald. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but Casey Hampton was no, you're right. A team of talent. A team of NFL players. We had like six or seven NFL players on that roster. The best defense in the nation. They led us in tackles like how the hell does that happen at detail how can you even you know what i mean like how's that possible think yeah. about how active you have to be at detail to lead the team in tackles. think of the kids he was annihilating those interior linemen across the big 12 at that time if you know nothing else about casey hampton just understand that he made the pittsburgh steelers 75th anniversary team as a defensive lineman come on now Come on, yeah, you when, you're, steel curtain included. When, when you're on the same when you're on the same all time team as like LC Greenwood, yeah. Mean Joe Green, steel curtain you, you probably did yeah. pretty good for yeah. yourself. Yeah, in yeah the their end. entire history is the steel curtain. They have like say a Woodson, they have a little bit of uh, Green and what was it Kirkland, and that was about it. In case yeah, we made multiple Levon Kirkland references in the last few weeks yes. on the hey, podcast. Three hundred pound was, linebackers, man. <laughs> yeah, like how did? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Obviously today it could never exist. No, back then, so strange. That it could, yeah, that guy we're we're going to bring up Cornell Lake next. We're talking about Darren, <laughs> yeah. Darren Why Perry. Why didn't people just, just put him in coverage? Why didn't somebody just try a scheme to always target him in coverage? Like, seriously, <laughs> whatever you can do, just just make sure that he's covering somebody, however you do it, and they just target Nin- him. 90s in NFL, that's why. Yeah, if that's you why. could just yeah. drop a random high school football coach from right now into 30 years ago football, it'd be awesome to see what he would do. That's true, random, yeah. Rod, isn't your connection to the Steelers, wasn't Mike Tomlin your DB's coach? It, Mike, well, no, I was a great uh, coaching staff Him and with the O two, the two, yeah, like that. Man, was it? Maybe it was 04. Oh four. Maybe it was 04 Tampa. Bucks. Was it 04, 05? I think it was 05 Bucks. Maybe it was 05, 05. that I was in there. Um, it was 04, 05. Yeah, man, that's how I know I'm old. It was a really long time ago, but. Um, it that room was Raheem Morris was like a was a quality control coach. Hell, uh, man, Shanahan's on that staff. Shanahan's a quality control coach on the offensive side. Uh, Money Kiffin, I think, is the defensive coordinator. The DB coaches, Mike Tomlin, and that group. Man, that was a that was a that was a nice staff. There's actually somebody else I'm missing that was on that too. Did um, he was Tomlin still always just trying to make sure y'all got out of the stadium that week? Like his cliches are amazing. It's like life no, and death Tomlin always. Was, he's like, nope, he's a, you got to sew your eyelids open. Yeah. <laughs> Never blink. And it's like, what are you talking about? No, he was a great DB coach. He really was. He was all about detail, man. I remember him teaching at Tampa, too. And literally, like, as a stickler about my footwork on the jam and the drop. 
Like I remember, he's a remember technician. Him, yeah, like you had to get the footwork right because you wanted to make sure. And Coach Akeem would always say this: you know, you got bad eyes, you got bad feet. So you'd have to have. He wanted to have your eyes and your feet to be in sync in terms of your footwork on the cover two with the jam and the drop. I can still remember it to this day to the point where I can teach it. Mm. Hell, I don't even know how well I could do it. You know what I mean? But you I can make teach you some money, right? right. right. That's, what, that's what Steve, you know, Steve Crow always says. He's like, man, I can teach a lot of things. I couldn't always do those things, yeah. but I can teach them. Mm. You know, Rod Marinelli was also on that staff. Who was? Rod Marinelli. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was, was a ton of, of great NFL minds on this. I do remember that. Oh, well, I remember it later, like recently. But at the time, I mean, you know. That, that, that was, was just it. a day in the NFL for you. Yeah, pretty so, much. So <laughs> props to Malcolm Brown for getting his second Super Bowl ring, and uh, we'll be tracking where he goes in free agency because, like I said, he's got a chance now with the Patriots declining the option to uh, go get paid I wonder, somebody. yeah, I wonder what scheme. I mean, th- these days, D-tackles, um, you know, it's, it they, 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 they vary on scheme to scheme. You know what I mean? Now that everybody wants to penetrating um, pass rushing D-tackle they can get in the backfield and, and make uh, force negative plays. And Malcolm Brown, I'm sure, can do that, but that wasn't his role with the Patriots. Right. You know what I mean? So I wonder, like, what team, do they want him to play the same role? Do they want him to take on a new role? Now everybody wants the, you know, the Chris Jones and the Aaron Donalds, and they want the D-tackles that can penetrate and make plays in the backfield. I wonder where that leaves in terms of I think the, Lion, the Lions could end up being a spot for him because I know Matt Patricia had a pretty big hand in Malcolm Brown ended up yep. in New England in the first place. Ravens like those kind of guys. Yeah. Even Flores right. down in Miami. Because oh, yeah. like both places, sure. you're going to need somebody that if you have a good, now even though Cameron Wake's so old, but if you have a really good edge rusher the way the Lions have a couple of them, but you need a more of a traditional D yeah. tackle to consume people, that he'd be a fit because your, t- your linebacker's coach and your D coordinator now head coaches at those two places. Yeah, I don't understand why everybody in the NFL doesn't have, I mean, I would think that every team with this, this is why the Patriots are what they are, right? And they're right, it's so awesome. Because they are so multiple. Like in that game against mm-hmm. the Rams, they played man coverage more than any team in the NFL this entire season. And in that game, they played 80 to 90% zone. Mm-hmm. All right, the McCourty brothers said it's the most zone they've played the entire year. Yeah, so it was so like basically 85%. they were a different team altogether than anything you had watched on film. How could you possibly prepare for a team that played man coverage 60% of the time during the regular season, but switches up and plays zone uh, 80 to 90% of the time? They actually were playing bump and run man coverage with a, a, a single high safety against Kansas City. That's why McVay so immediately yeah, so, said, I got outcoached. Yeah, so game to game, they are so different. And this is why we love Tartalando in the mm-hmm. in Texas-Georgia game, right? Because he truly uh, just re- really made that defense malleable to defend exactly what Georgia was doing. Yes, basically, you got you, can't, you got to get rid of your ego. Like, Bill Belichick, strangely enough, doesn't have an he ego. He just wants to win. Yeah, he He's doesn't just really making care the- about, like, this is what I do, and we do it better than anybody else. No, he goes with what works, what's going to work best to win this particular game. And that's what multiplicity is all about. So even I would always have a Malcolm Brown on my on my D, on my you know on D my line. roster. I I want a Malcolm Brown. I want I also want a Chris Jones. Like I would want mm-hmm. all those guys because depending on the matchup that week, I'm gonna I may need that guy. But I mean Malcolm Brown may be my MVP that, that game. And yeah. like that's where the like, Patriots are. That every week they can play a different game, and it's basically all from the top down. That they Belichick the is a quiet man. Belichick yeah. has just acquired so much knowledge. He's been defending ed- the evolution of football for 30 years. If you go look all the way back to 87 and 90 with the very beginning when he's trying to stop the Elways and stop Jim Kelly and stuff to where just the knowledge like for a coach now to be birthed in the way McVay is you haven't seen everything yet you can be as well prepared and stuff but the just that encyclopedic experience that he has and everything he can quickly adapt and make that adjustment we talk about good D coordinators making the adjustment after like the first drive or two you have to see what's there and then you always are confident that Orlando or a must champ they're gonna get it well Belichick sort of lived his entire football life in it and he can go every week and send something and put something out there because he's confident that he has the pieces to put him into that situation even if they haven't done it before. No, um, I agree. But you can't replicate crazy. that because you don't no, have that brain. But that's, what you can that's replicate amazing. is the multiplicity that he put he builds his roster with mm-hmm. like intentionally. To start it. The, uh, yeah. But then he knows how to use it all. Talking about Malcolm Brown and free agency, uh, another connection to the Detroit Lions and I probably heard this and didn't process it. You know the defensive line coach for the Lions is? How about Bo Davis? Oh, that's awesome. Oh, Malcolm Brown's defensive tackle coach. I actually had heard that yeah. before. Interesting. I yeah. didn't know that. <clears throat> Big so time. had made the leap. Just something to, Andre's been with Bo for a something while. To, something to file away. Yeah, that is something um, to So, <clears throat> we talk about Malcolm Brown. We talk about the Super Bowl. Uh, the NFL season is over, but Rod, that means the draft is upon us. And the Senior Bowl wrap, though, we didn't get to talk Senior Bowl much. But really, uh, you know, it's kind of a tale of two two different experiences, right? Charles Amenahu goes to the Senior Bowl, checks all the boxes for the measurables. 36 and a half inch arms was really the thing that 
everybody was talking about. It's the longest arm measurement at the Senior Bowl since 2013. Longer arms than Miles Garrett was measured with in the pre-draft process. So the measurables were off the charts. Uh, he was praised for his motor, his ability to just stay after the play and hustle, uh, which I'm sure Tom Herman and the staff at Texas gave that a big thumbs up, uh, making their program look good with, with him doing that. Uh, Rod, I'm looking at a mock draft for Matt Miller at Bleacher Report, which you guys know I trust Matt and his knowledge on everything right now. He's got Charles Amenahu going with the fifth pick in the third round, which I think what the Senior Bowl did was really firmly establish that Charles Amenahu is a day-two pick. Yeah. How high of a day-two pick and can he get into that first-round mix? I think a lot of that's going to be dependent on what he shows at the combine. Um, yeah, I do. I think I think he did really well at the Senior Bowl, so he definitely made himself some money. To get into the first round, we always talk about this. The NFL likes freak. Um, well, they like freaks and freaks and quarterbacks. All right, so mm-hmm. they won't. They like freaks and quarterbacks. There are certain positions that are valued there. Now he is a pass rusher, but you know he wasn't necessarily always maximized in that role. Ironically, I think even though he wasn't always utilized as a pass rusher, uh, lining up wide, I think the film makes NFL scouts fall in love with him more yeah. for oh, yeah. the way that Todd Orlando used him because he used so him sometimes, yeah, as a guy that could stuff the run and as a guy who was kind of a disciplined. Uh, uh, you know, uh, gap uh, stuffer. So I, I think he's one of those guys that he can play a multiple uh, front for you. Can use him in a variety of ways. But yeah, if he goes to the combine and does some freaky forty time and has a freakish vertical, then that could propel him into the first. The first is unfortunately all about freak, mm-hmm. freakish. That's why they like those numbers. And every year, though, or something that, like that that position though, there's a couple positions. I mm-hmm. think corners one, offensive tackles definitely one, and pass rushers pass definitely rushers one. one. Every year you see somebody that starts at like a midday two pick and by the end of the draft Somebody process they're a mid to late first round guy Who and is it's, it's usually like right around combine time yeah. and with edge rushers we've seen Ziggy Ansah has been a guy that shot off the board we saw with Marcus Davenport last year just once you once everybody sees kind of the complete package and I like Charles Amena who's a guy Rod for everything you just said might be off the radar because he didn't have one of these 13-14 sack season I think no, people yeah. might be looking at the he numbers. He could have though I think you, right. look at you go oh yeah he easily could have But I think that. when people start diving into the film they're like oh my god like if you seen this a minute who kids film like watch him playing this four yeah, eye four, like, eye, yeah. four eye against georgia and just mashing guys at the mashing. point of attack yeah. yeah and then add on just w- everything that you just said he has the p- one position that can go up and get drafted above what say your normal slot would be because everybody needs that pass rusher then you add on the freak nature he is one of the few i mean you're talking is he a true almost six 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 seven you know two ninety and he's that athletic six five and, or five eighths at the senior bowl so yeah, he's yeah six, there you six. go yeah. and then if you add in the fact that we even saw him dropping into coverage that just showing that mentally he's trusted by his coaches to do something like that in the modern NFL multiplicity if we're talking about he can stop the run he has a freakish frame you could imagine he right now looks to be as athletic as anybody that size in the entire draft that's all the little check marks that you need for the guy that's going to soar up the draft boards especially if he's showing the multiplicity that you say didn't have from a D end in normal years. Rod I'll let you have the floor on this Chris Boyd Matt Miller's got him going fourth round the 10th pick uh, that's number 105 mm-hmm. overall to the Bills you start reading some of the stuff on Chris Boyd Senior Bowl week, and <clears throat> some of it, quite frankly, wasn't very yeah, good. good. I, I've I've got my opinion on, on on this. I think there's a couple things to take into account. I think one, when you're looking at wide receiver DB one on ones, and you're trying to grade that stuff, nine times out of ten, the DB is going to be at a disadvantage because he doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know the route concept or anything. The wide receiver has all the advantage in that situation. Yeah. So I think judging a guy solely on that is a little bit unfair. But some of the stuff Chris Boyd was getting. Nick for in the game, being a little too handsy, grabbing, before, you know, grabbing <laughs> Quite outside of that five-yard area in the line of yeah, scrimmage. Yeah, I mean, just watch uh, the film. As, as, as Texas fans like to say on Twitter during during games, hey, at some point, you got to pay the Chris Boyd tax. Yeah, <laughs> that is. There you go. I like that, the Chris Boyd tax. the Nickel Roby Coleman tax these days. Yeah, well, the thing about Chris Boyd is, and we've always said this, right, he's got plays, and <laughs> it is, it's just, it seems to be very consistent with him that he'll have plays where he plays like you think he's a first-rounder. He'll make he's a play. First person since Shockey to be Shockey. Great instincts, great athleticism, and he'll show it all in one play. And then 
literally the next play or the play after that, he'll have a play where he just has a brain fart and he, I don't know what he does. He loses all his technique. There's no discipline at all. Bad eyes. All, and then you always wonder, well, how can a guy who's a senior make mistakes like that? That's Still what, make that's the what same. Chris Boyd should be doing when he was a sophomore or early junior year so that all the progress that we've seen Chris Boyd make, it is, it's always like a roller coaster, man. Like it just, it doesn't matter. It's, it goes up and then mm-hmm. it dips back down. It goes up. There's no baseline of consistency with Chris Boyd. So there's a lot of work there. There's a lot of raw material too. Yeah. So if you're a, if you're a coach, if you, you love the raw material. <laughs> this is where he's going to make some Belichick. Money. He still got to run a fast forty. I mean, it just it always is good. But for him specifically, because he hasn't really shown that he is ready to transition to the NFL as a guy that can cover. What, at that what do you level. think is what do you at five? You know when I mean? he was at the Senior Bowl, he was five eleven and a half, one ninety two. What's what's a fast forty for him? You think? Uh, I mean, is low, is, is low four, four fours yeah, going to do it? Mid, mid four fours to low four fours. So if he's really four 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 two four four three. Yeah, I mean hell, I think I was four, talking four, like nine, a four, still four be three fine. or something like that officially. And hell, man, that, that'd be plenty good for him if he can. And I think he can run it. I do think he can run a four four. Um, but for Chris Boyd, man, the film is the film. The film doesn't really. You don't fall in love with him watching film on. You just don't. And so what? What makes you fall in love with Chris Boyd? It's gonna be the physical dimension, mm-hmm. right? It's gonna be the measurable. Yeah, he's five eleven, legit. He's got long arms. He's rangy. Uh, if he can run a fast 40 those are the things it's like the same reason you fell in love with Shocky Brown you didn't fall in love with Shocky Brown because you watched film on him no. you watch film on Shocky Brown you go damn who's coaching Shocky Brown <laughs> Coach Aquino was coaching that dude how yeah. the hell that, that can't be right because we know Coach Aquino is telling guys to do what to do things. right and, and what kind of technique they should use and I know and, Jason Washington's a good coach and he's a good, exactly we yeah. know that these guys that Chris Boyd is being coached correctly Chris Boyd is just having these uh, meltdowns brain like, farts just, I'm t- no no not well, yeah. brain fart. he'll have a meltdown with like four plays in a row and it's like dude what are you doing negative negative and negative like, and people understand avalanche. like you know what we're picking on him now because they know Chris Boyd gets one bad play is usually gonna follow the other that's why I liked in um what was it was the big 12 title game where he has the bad play like the holding but then comes back and is able to break up yeah. the, the red zone yeah. like that showed me a lot about Chris Boyd I was like okay that's good that's what I need because he usually doesn't fight back well to get out of those ruts and as a corner I can tell you trust me you're gonna get in a rut every now he and then he didn't like, do that consistently and I, I think if you're, if you're a scout watching Chris Boyd to me, the three-game stretch to watch from him, go watch Oklahoma State where he got benched for the first quarter and was not good oh, the rest of the day. Man, but then brutal. go pop in that West Virginia tape where he locks down David Sills and you're yeah. like, wow, he looks like a first-round guy. It's like a guy his first, and, the first two rounds. And the Texas Tech game is the next week where he's great in the first half and then it's like in the fourth quarter, they start, like you said, Rod, they started picking on him. Picking on like him. if it, line Antoine Wesley up on Chris Boyd and let him go to work. He just, yeah, it's he, like three. Never recovered. Those three games like that sums up in a nutshell like Chris Boyd's career like yes on a given afternoon he can look like a freaking consensus first team All-American and then there are times where you're like how how is he starting how has he started 30 (laughs) some odd games they have a better option out there than this guy yeah Yeah. Yeah. I agree and at the the bowl game unfortunately it was more of the latter from what I heard they didn't get a lot of flashes of the Chris Boyd was like oh okay now that guy can be yeah first drafted in the first two rounds they didn't get they got more of the, the Chris Boyd who doesn't really handle uh, uh, the trials and tribulations on the field very well. And I did what I did like about him in the bowl game, though. I did like how they used him as a blitzer, which I think that's going to be another thing. Which I to, for somebody whoever drafts him, if he's in that first the range of the first hundred picks, which again this Matt Miller mock draft has him going one hundred five overall. Yeah. If he goes in that first hundred picks, I think it's going to be the DBs coach and the DC standing on the table saying, "No, let us get this guy because it's, as exactly. physically yeah. gifted as he is, even if he's not a corner, he can be a nickel, a dime, maybe." We can move into safety, but we can find some role for him within what we've got. Within the raw materials. Do. It's like the um, what's the kid? JC is it? JC Jackson. JC Jackson. The, yeah. For the for the Patriots undrafted, and Belichick basically kept him under wraps for like twelve weeks. And his first, I think, considerable action was in week twelve. Yeah. And December. then by the AFC title game, he is matched up on Tyreek Hill most of the game, playing bump and run coverage against the most explosive athlete in the league and undrafted free agent because Belichick's like no. Oh, he's actually a great athlete. Like, he really can run. His tools can and do we this. need to just have a great athlete against a great athlete. I know it sounds crazy, but Chris Boyd can you know, like, be considered kind of a freak athlete. He mm-hmm. really can. And I do believe, I'm with you, I think the right coaching staff will, because the NFL coaches are cocky and arrogant, they'll go, uh, he's give me this kid for oh, a Oh, he's months. a round two guy. Give We're me getting this him guy in four. For exactly. I'm gonna, it's, it's like yeah, the Houghton Hill kind of value. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I get this guy. I'm he was starting in week get three. That's how NFL coaches, they believe that. Okay, that was going to be my next question. So you look at the years. Yeah. Get him no, with Zimmer. It, it's yeah. just like what we 
were saying before with the landing spot, how certain careers, it really isn't up to the player. If he goes to the upper part of a round to a crappy team that doesn't understand what he can do well, it could go real bad. The Bears with Nasty Nate. Yeah. Bears with Nate. When they got Nathan Vash, they knew exactly how to use Nasty Nate. And that's where the guy like him, and I mean, that's why when we brought up Shockey, it was like, can Shockey still played for the Ravens under a hardball defense for like five years. It's crazy to think that that what type of landing spot can really help you that much. That even if you don't even hit what you're, what's expected, that you could be that serviceable. So it all come down to think, them getting the value. I think that comes down to an organizational thing too, because yes. like we've seen with the Ravens and Austin yep. Newsom, they love taking big school guys. They do. Like if you were a multiple year starter, if you, they love taking guys from Texas or Alabama or you know the big blue blood name school. Yeah. And while you're that. on it, it uh, you asked, you know, what would be the forty time? Like the top ten last year, four four five would have been top ten. And for example, Minka Fitzpatrick, who went in the first round, he ran a four four six was the eleventh fastest okay. time. He's a safety, but not a corner. If you're a corner that runs that fast, and be pretty. Rod, he'll have you... mo- they'll have multiple. Uh, he'll have multiple chances because he'll have. It, I'm sure he'll do His the pro, pro day, day time, and of course also the. All right, time for our first break on the show. But when we come back, it's more talk about the Texas prospects in the 2019 NFL Draft. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns 247.com. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns 247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe. Rod, would uh, would you like to go over some of your combine numbers, Rod? Uh, hell, I, don't, I think I don't he knows them by now. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, go we ahead. I, just, I, found, I found this. This is on uh, DraftScout.com. It's got your combine results. That's what it says. Uh, height, it got you at 5'8 and 6-something. So. Yeah, that cost me some bread right there because yeah. they thought I was 5'11. Fi- I think I was listening at 5'11 yeah, on listed, You were Texas. one of the first guys, Rod, where I'm like, yeah. I saw your combine numbers. I'm like, I, I was like, I thought Rod Babers was 5'11. He's yeah. been 5'11 for three years yeah. now. Now you're telling me he's 5'9? They were upset. They were like mad at Roy me. Williams I was went like, from I was six like, I'm not, I'm not the reason. I didn't list myself at five. Roy, Roy yeah. Williams went from six, six five, five to six like two. six two and three eighths yeah, or did. something. Yeah, the Longhorns. Yeah. yeah, they want. I guess they thought the players were reading the programs. I don't know what. Like yeah. they, it doesn't seem to really matter. But like, the image like, back then, it was like it, the you image had the folklore. Texas, and you know what Texas did? I looked bigger on film. I would say that yeah. I looked like I was bigger because my arms. Because a big cleat. Um. So Rod, you're five nine one weight one ninety two. What are you right now? You're probably one. 75, 180. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah. 40 yard dash, they got you 4-4 flat. Yeah. I mean, I actually, some people said they clocked me at a 4-3 there, like with your handheld time. I was I, at the 40 time, I was good. That's why I didn't run it again in my pro day. They were like, You're going to run again? I was like, Hell no, I'm not running again. <laughs> I'm going to run a 4-5 out there. I'm like, He's a 4-5. You're like one of the <laughs> first ones to wor- make this smart. They always take your worst time. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. I thought it was taking your best time. Like, no, no. They give your best time, like when they're talking, but they usually your worst time is the one that goes. Like, uh, your 20 yard split. Two five eight. Your ten yard split one five seven. Uh, twenty two hundred twenty five pound bench. Fifteen reps. Yeah, I, that was disappointing. That I should have got that close to twenty. That I was uh, actually. I, I hit the weight room pretty hard. I was. I should have been. I should did better. That was disappointing because I had done like. I think I had done seventeen or eighteen just working out with their receivers. So that was bad. Phil Sims have you on that bench? Yeah, I don't know why. Out. I don't know why I had a bad bench. I can't really figure it out. You're actually. I didn't like the environment that they have there uh, with the bench. It's kind of weird. Like it is. It's kind of weird. Like when they have the scouts and everything around. You did yours at the RCA Dome, not the new stadium. Yeah, right? and I want to say, you know, it's all about how the strength coach, he wants you to come down to a certain point and touch it and then come. You know what I mean? If he wants you to extend all the way. Some guys, you can see they don't extend all the way. They kind of go halfway. and then, So it's all about how they do it. That little extra uh, may get you one or two more reps, man. And that could, you know. I forgot at the combine. Are you, are are you, you still have a player profile with the Broncos, 2018, and it has all of your transactions back to 2005. Like, I don't know why that exists. Exists on the internet. That but that's pretty awesome. cool. Yes, Rod Babers, look at you. You got a white face. I got a white face. Well, tell that to the police. <laughs> yeah, the ones while you're taking that Sims car to go work out. That I forgot, awesome. Rod, at the combine, can you bounce the ball, bounce the bar off your chest on the bench, or do I don't you have think to like? You, no, you have to pause. You got to pause. pause. And, and I think okay. that's kind of what got me. I want to say I had been bouncing it, like, bing, yeah. And I want to say they, like you pause for a second and then you go, and that's yeah, that's actually a lot harder. So it got me. Yeah, took me two reps off the bench. Uh, vertical jump, thirty-seven inches, bro. Broad jump ten oh seven. Should have been a high vertical too. I had jumped thirty eight or thirty nine before. I was. Dude, I, I could get up because I could dunk back then as a little small Ooh, dude. I was cold. 20, I know 20, yard, yeah, 20 yard shuttle four oh seven. That's a damn good shuttle. Now I couldn't time. do. I couldn't do. I couldn't do it dribbling, but I remember I could do it if I just ran. I never <laughs> dunked dribbling. I did the same thing. Yeah, I when when I was sixteen, I could run up and 
barely yeah, done. I, I dunked three times. I could dribble it and do it, but I always could run up and do it, but obviously not. And even. then your three-cone drill, 6'8". Probably should have been fast three-cone, too. My change direction is what I was supposed to be uh, heralded for, so uh, I should have been faster. Well, hell, coming in at 5'9", we were supposed to be 5'11". You're already starting behind the eight ball anyway. Yeah, so. but yeah, if you're a small guy, right, change direction is supposed right. to be your strong suit. I was supposed to have a fastest change direction <laughs> in that, too. So the 40 time is, I think, is what I was was I was wor- everybody's worried about as a DB, and that's what Chris Boyd's got to worry about. If you can run in the four fours, they consider you good. And, and we talked about this too, Jeff, and, and and we talked about it when the Legion of Boom was booming, no pun intended. But coaches now they have a theory that if you are longer, like basically a you know a, a tenth of an inch could equal like a half a second or you know a third of a second in a forty yard dash. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the longer a player is, the more space they can defend. The Seahawks and, figured out their formula. I yeah, think the Bears why, went off the same formula. Yeah, too, that's why yeah. Richard Sherman long and rangy. That's why you know they like you know uh, Cam Chancellor long and rangy. And even Earl Thomas, who's not long and rangy, but he has range. That's his X man ability, right? He can go from sideline to sideline. Brandon Browner was big a corner at the time, so they kind of went old school and they said, all right, if he runs a four or five, but he's six three, hell, that's basically like a faux faux to us. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's a faux faux. If he's six three running a four or five, that's faux faux. Yep. And if he's five eleven and he runs a four four, they'll can say like, you know what, that that can stretch. He can be a four three with your length and arms. The length too. and everything yeah. considered too, yeah. So let me ask you this, Rod. When we talk about Chris Boyd, uh, also, and we'll get to little Jordan Humphrey, little Jordan Humphrey in the seven round mock, fourth round, the 29th pick, one twenty four overall Ooh. to Buffalo. Uh, to Cr- Buffalo, Chris Nelson. No! <laughs> Maybe done. No! Chris, be Josh Chris, Allen's best friend. Chris Nelson, seventh. Chris Nelson, seventh round of the Broncos. Andrew Beck, seventh round to the Saints. When we talk about Ooh. Chris Boyd and Chris Nelson, Nelson will be good. When you look at Puna Ford and Holton. Hill, the years they had as undrafted free agents, yep. and this next draft you see a corner out of Texas, you see a nose out of Texas that's that true. essentially replaced those two guys. Does that not help their stock, or at least get those guys a longer look to say, alright, we missed on Holton Hill, or I don't know if the NFL missed on Holton Hill, because no, we talked about it. Miss. There they were a were number of teams that took him off the board completely. Issues, yeah. because, but a lot of people, I even think you you brought out, I mean, even the 49ers yeah. won, they had like a second round grade on him, but said, Everybody, yeah, we, we, we can't, can't touch him. After too much that the Ruben Foster That's thing. That's why they, they had do like it. three other guys. They weren't going to add on to that. Yeah, they couldn't yeah. do it. They probably would. They play like this. They, He's probably they kicking them himself for not right. doing they it. They loved him. So, but. Puna Ford was one of those guys. I think a lot of the NFL teams now look back. Okay, we missed something on Puna Ford. Does this let them take a look at Chris Boyd, especially Chris Nelson, and say, okay, let's make sure we don't miss on anything with either of these two guys this time around? Uh, yeah, definitely does. I mean, obviously, you know, when you start, you know, building a a reputation, uh, and Todd Orlando obviously has a really good reputation in the league. That's nothing helping these guys. Yeah. Uh, people love Todd Orlando in the league. They fell in love with him during that quarterback draft last year when they were watching all those quarterbacks, mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, and. And David it, Mason Rudolph. The only Mason time Rudolph. they were struggled was always yeah, against and they're Texas. watching these guys, and they're watching the Todd Orlando defense. And I, and know, I, be, I bet you they watch T.O. film when they start watching Drew Locke, too. Uh, that's mm-hmm. a great point, too, yeah. So they, they, they kind of like the way Todd Orlando uses these guys, and they, they like a lot of the concepts in terms of how they transition um, to, to the NFL. So I think that helps them, but I agree with you. I think looking at Houghton Hill now, um, people are saying, man, that was, a, that was a steal. That was great value. So even if a guy like Chris, and, and same thing with Puna Ford, extremely great value yes. starting at the end of the year. Uh, that if those guys drop, and that's what the value. That's what the draft's all about to me, man. It's all about value. Those guys drop in the draft. I mean, there could be some some really good teams looking at, like, say, oh, you know, keeping an eye out, like, oh man, Chris Nelson. This guy's dropping in the draft. We could use a really good D tackle. And I actually like Chris Nelson in that. You said the Broncos? Is that where mm-hmm. him? Because that's, that's Vic Fangio now, right? Fangio, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, dude. Vic Fangio's a three-four guy. Yeah. yeah, you wanna you wanna make some you wanna you know make some money as a D a D lineman or a front seven guy, man. Vic Fangio knows how to use those guys. Has a great record with linebackers and D-linemen. Um, so, yeah, I like that. You said Chris Boyd, too? Where's uh, Chris Boyd going? Chris Boyd, fourth round. To the Broncos? To the though. Bills. To the Bills. Uh, Matt Miller's got two together. Texas guys the Bills. Chris Boyd and Lil Jordan weird. Humphrey. Right? Yeah. He didn't seem excited about that at all. Yeah, I'm not really excited about mm-hmm. that. I'm not, well, Sean McDermott's a defensive coach still up there, but I'm not sure, like, how what kind of system they're running. I gotta do more research. And the, the whole organization's him, content with just being mediocre. Yeah, I want him to go somewhere where 
where yeah, like Chargers maybe. Like the Chargers yeah. would be a great spot for Chris Boyd. Oh, it'd be amazing. Because he wouldn't have to play because they're really, really deep. Adrian. But, yeah, it actually has a, there's a connection there. But they, they have a great history of developing defensive back. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah. Really maximizing DB talent. And so does the Minnesota Vikings. I think they're one of them too. Jerry think, Gray getting it done. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's one. I think I'm looking for a spot like that. You know what I mean? So, and then the other guy I want to talk about, we'll talk about LJ Humphrey too. we got some time left. But, you know, and if Andrew Beck gets drafted, Ooh. I think the guy Andrew Beck needs to go find he needs to go find out wherever James Devlin's hanging out this offseason and go shake his hand mm-hmm. because right it's a copycat league and even though they were doing different things within their 22 personnel package that they ran most of the second half the fact that the Patriots won a Super Bowl with drives where they had a fullback on the field you know NFL teams now are starting to go through the they're talking to scouts their area guys all right I need a list of five best fullbacks in this draft pretty much I totally agree with you um and that's one of the things that we loved about Beck this year was he was an awesome blocker. Like he was a better blocker than he was a receiving threat. He really was. And he was, was a more, damn good receiving threat. He was, he was, no, he was not, not disrespecting him as a receiving threat, but he actually was How a great blocker. Was. You always talk about losing three guys off the offensive line. Hey, you basically end up losing your four best blockers mm-hmm. off your offensive front because you lose Beck as well. You know what I mean? So I agree with you. I think there could be a bit of a shift toward teams wanting to use fullbacks, especially now that um, there's there's now, like we talked, the value of the running back position is dropping, but teams are now at least gearing their offense is more toward running the football. They do want to run the football. Even the Saints and even late the Rams, right? They were they, they a team that was throwing it more than they were running. They started to run it more with C.J. Anderson late in the season. Uh, you see that with the bad weather and stuff like that. So I do wonder if, yeah, people, I think half the teams in the NFL don't even have a fullback on the roster. You may see teams now start the fullback they come back and vote. And the main thing bet. about those teams running, it's to have the luxury to dis- dictate tempo and dictate the type of game you yeah. want to play. If you don't have a running game that you can go to then you're going to just be a lot easier to defend so that's why these teams at the top like you got to have that to be able to just have that baseline that you know that you can if you want to go and shorten this game or if you want to make it a more physical game or you like this mismatch this week we can go to that but we still can be optimal because then that's only going to open up our passing game and we can match and mismatch with the way we were talking about the versatility meaning so yeah. much and you be able to if you can have the also game script and fit any type of game and not be played off the field in, say, exactly a little right. few minutes span. And you see it across all sports, and it's the main idea that if you have that versatility, the substitutions aren't going to screw you over. The matchup's not going to screw you over. Now it's just going to come well, down to the coaches and then the players. Well, nobody uses more personnel packages and more formations than the Saints. And the Saints, hell, they have fullbacks and tight ends. Multiple tight ends. They have a ton of fullbacks. They have wide receivers at tight ends. and tight ends. Yeah, so I think if you're kind of going in that mode and you're trying to make sure that your roster has as many – uh, possibilities offensively. Yep, yep. You know, I mean, you're multiply just possible. the way you get. Yeah, one you times all, two times three like times said, four. Everybody should have a Malcolm Brown on their roster. Everybody should have a, a Beck or a Devlin on their roster somewhere. Because remember when we talked about probably, exponential growth in the numbers, it's the main thing with the if you have three different dimension or three different formations and you can go and run five things off of it. Well, that's fifteen. But if you say have four that can run five off it, and that idea that when you add that one more possibility and start stacking it up, and then you end up having ten different ones. And now we're talking about thousands of options to combine together and it's just a good example you use right there with the Saints. And I think even at a, at a simpler level and even what you guys are talking about, if you take a guy like Andrew Beck and there's a franchise that can say, hey look, he could be our number three slash four tight end that we can keep active mm-hmm. on game day mm-hmm. because he's our number one fullback and he's a core special teams guy. Now, Rod, how many is it active on game day? Is it 47, 48 that they're, they're active on uh, game day? I believe it is 48. 48? 48. Yeah. He's one of your 48 or whatever, yeah. but that one guy is taking up essentially oh, yeah, he's got three, three, three total, three total roster spots. 46, 46 okay, yeah. but you've got one guy that's basically occupying three, what you would have a three roster spot. Yeah. So that allows you to activate another quarterback or if you need another receiver that week yeah. or whatever. No, nah, you're and, right. I totally agree with and that. And then, then the other teams that all have single pieces only have 46 men on that roster. If you have guys that can be multiple, that's the idea of manufacturing depth and say you have 13 players that can back up another position, well, now you, in theory, have 59 players out there if people get hurt because you have this guy that fills this role and then can back up this role. This is what I like about Andrew Beck, too, and I love pro football focus, the stuff they put out. Uh, passer rating when targeted among Big 12 tight ends this last year. Only Grant Calcaterra at Oklahoma, which Calcaterra, you kind of count him as a tight end. He's more of a flex guy. Yeah, he is. He's, at Mark he's, a, he's a hybrid guy. Only Grant Calcaterra and Trayvon Wesco at uh, West Virginia, who, Rod, I know you liked a yeah, lot like when this. we went to, got, in, yeah. got into West Virginia week. Only Calcaterra 
Tyler Wesco had a higher passer rating when targeted among Big 12 tight ends. Andrew Beck's passer rating when targeted, 101.4. And as you pointed out, like those guys are, yeah, they're more flex, like uh, kind of hybrid tight ends. More five-tool tight ends. I mean, that's what Texas has, I think, in Reese Lato and Cade Brewer coming up, uh, where you can utilize those guys and flex them out and split them out. Andrew Wesco, I think, is going to be more of like what we think of as an H-back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's not really what and- what Andrew Beck is. He's kind of a fullback that they use as an H-back right. or use as a tight end, which I agree. I think that's going to help him um, in terms of his transition to the NFL because he can play H-back for you and he can play and he can catch. So he can catch and he can block. He can do so many different things. So, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I mean, the more you talk about it, and I, I, he's not going to get drafted really high. Hell, I don't even know if he'll get drafted. But right. Jeff Swing you know I mean? did. But so he, exactly. <laughs> that's but why. I, in terms of him making an NFL roster, it's making more and more sense the more you break it down. And I know a lot of our listeners probably play fantasy and look mm-hmm. at these things. And these this type of conversation is perfect if, say, you're sitting around trying to decide which player to play. And if it's football and he's a guy that can be your backup slot receiver, like, say, right now in the NBA where you have a power forward. But then he plays eight minutes at backup center. So if that center gets hurt, now he has a whole nother window of minutes and players yep. that you open up. It's the same thing with these receivers. Like, the way Larry Fitzgerald can back up every position at wide receiver can give you that depth. If you lose mm-hmm. one of your young guys that's developing or whatever, he gets hurt. Well, he can move over and allow another guy that's comfortable in his role and these other players with the versatility can help be that web that keeps stuff and sort of like the rug that ties the room together. You know, yeah, Rod, and that's what Lil Dread Humphrey's going to make some money. Yeah, yeah that's it, it's, perfect. It's one way of saying uh, I'm a janitor and then somebody might say, well, I'm a sanitation engineer to yeah. kind of spice Custodian. it up a little bit. What you, talk, what you talk about having great value in the draft, Yeah. well, how I think NFL franchises look at it, hey, man, if you take Andrew Beck in the seventh round or get him as a priority free agent, he could do all those things I talk about, core special teams, number mm-hmm. one fullback, number three or number four tight end, and he's cheap. Cheap. That's what NFL teams love. They love cheap. Man, if you can get value, if you can get value like that, or to Chris Nelson, like he's our number two nose. Yep. And, and, and we're paying him on a rookie contract. Hell yeah, we'll That's take. That's why it. the Seahawks loved uh, Puna Ford. Loved him. And and, and, they, and, they and the Seahawks are one of those organizations. They have a tracker. They love undrafted free agents. Oh, it's guys oh, drafted God. late. Period. Yeah. Just That's value. Value. Well, so do the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Cheap. <laughs> get them cheap. Get them cheap. Payton. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I'll, I'll turn this wide receiver, undrafted wide receiver, played lacrosse into my starting wide receiver because he's. You want those are those great coaches. It's like how yeah. we used to say, like the MacGyver coach was like the college version was just give Greg Davis some tools and he'll figure out something to make it work. But when you see it at the highest level of a MacGyver NFL coach, it's like, oh, when I get to pick and identify all the guys that are viewed as, oh, those are deficiencies. He's he's not big enough there. He's not stronger than to this. He's like, no, man, this dude has all these tools. He should be much higher. I'm going to get him lower and beat you with him. And you're going to think he's Bill, a crappy Bill, Bill Belichick. Yeah. Bill Belichick's got to have made a bunch of money in the stock market when you think about it because you think about how he's, put he that, how he's put that roster together he's yeah. like the ultimate oh, man. buy low sell high like, penny stocks and man. when you think about like the big name free agents they brought in like Corey Dillon get him when stock was low Randy, 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 Randy Moss stock was low traded for, I think he traded a fourth round pick for look Randy what Moss. he did with Brandon Cooks and some of these picks that when you see these guys yeah. that get teaming right before the trade deadline with all of his linebackers that he's drafted and be like what you're trading your best linebacker to the Browns what are you doing but do you get, be able to get those assets mm-hmm. Move those assets, and then if there's long term on it, you can get all those assets back, and not basically you got a player for free for six months to try to win a championship. Yep. I mean, you draft, you know, Deion Branch as the Super Bowl MVP, you end up trading him from a four first round pick. Yeah. You know, I remember when they cut Lauren Malloy. It's like, what are you doing? You're cutting your captain and an all pro safety, but no, oh, yeah. they, the they, great they, one whenever everybody was like, Richard Seymour. What type of moron would go and trade away a second and a seventh for Wes Welker? He's only had one TD and a punt returner for the Dolphins, and then he ends up, oh, because I know how to use them and y'all didn't all right it's time to wrap this thing up and put it in the oven and we will do that on the other side as we close out another edition of longhorn blitz with horns 247.com credit products are made by webbank rates and terms vary based on credit history amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion other restrictions apply see website for details how did i get into credit card debt a trip to the emergency room car repairs Moving expenses? There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. 
And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. Geico presents eyewitness interviews with inanimate objects. This is Belinda Collins, live on the scene of a recent lightning storm, here to describe the event, a TV tray. I was watching football and holding a plate of meatloaf when kabam! A bolt of lightning slams into the apartment, blowing out the TV and surround sound. Anything you could have done to help? Ma'am, I'm a foldable table, not an electrician. Your TV tray can't help you in a lightning storm, but the Geico Insurance Agency can help you get covered for personal property damage. Go to geico.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Are you putting your retirement savings in a 401k, IRA, or investment account? Then I have one word of advice. Stop. Many experts warn of a stock market crash any day now. And if it's anything like the last two crashes, you could lose 50% or more of your hard-earned savings in the Wall Street casino. Can you afford to lose half of your retirement savings again? Hey, you don't have to lose a penny because there's a better, safer way to save for retirement. And you can learn all about it in a free report. This is the report Wall Street and big banks desperately hope you never see. Why? Because this method continues to grow your money even when the market tumbles. It lets you take back control of your money and finances and it gives you penalty free access to your savings plus it beats the pants off any 401k or ira these are uncertain times so get the information you need today to guarantee your retirement security to get this free report go to bankonyourself.com right now that's bankonyourself.com bankonyourself.com we see it every day they cut you off and they tick you off It's called road rage, but they're not mad at you. They're mad they overpaid on a used car because they didn't go to Carfax.com. Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report. So you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. Clear your calendars because the best time to discover your best hair is here. The gorgeous hair event is back at Ulta Beauty. It's three weeks of daily beauty steals of up to 50% off the most loved brands like Redken, Living Proof, and Dry Bar. Check out deep conditioning masks for a frizz-free fall, flat irons for silky locks that never stop, and color boosters to keep you vibrant all season. But hurry in. The event ends October 20th, only at Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn, 1049 AM 1260, streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com where you can hear this show each and every week. Thanks to Matt, you can get us anywhere you get your podcasts and always get our archives on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns24.